You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Welcome to Sagas and Sass. I'm Tara, along with fellow hosts Nick, Jonathan, and Nami, and we're here because we have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse. This totally is season one, episode 12, covering <laughs> the Drowning Man, which is the first half of King of Thank Scars. Thank you, I totally am. If you're watching today. live, join us in the chat, or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation. And just as a reminder, the views expressed in the show are those of the hosts as individuals that do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. I feel like we're almost always in agreement, but I after after all these months, I decided to take a page from um, from other webcasts that I'm on and put a disclaimer in just in case. <laughs> I think that's really smart. Turns out somebody's like a raging insane person. We're doing first half of King of Scars tonight. This probably won't be a super long episode because um, you know we got to be really really careful not to spoil the second half. I mean, at this point, I think that anybody who's listening to us has probably read the entire book, but it just leaves you know we want to leave plenty mm-hmm. to be discussed with the second half. And trust me, there will be plenty. Um, oh yeah. So to kick off this episode, I just want to talk about the new POVs that we have in this book. Uh, Nina is back. We've already already met her but also in the first half with the exception of Dima the uh, little boy I think who um who has the prologue chapter mm-hmm. uh because because Lee Bardugo is still doing that sort of Game of Thronesy thing where the prologue is is a character we never see again um but uh so other than Dima we do have Nina back and then of course we have Nikolai yay and Zoya yay <laughs> um like I I really uh, I really love both of these characters. Uh, mm-hmm. as, I mean, honestly, like as POV characters, but uh, we've discussed before, um, you know, during the original trilogy, especially that Zoya kind of grew on us, but Nami and I both were like, oh, but also like there's so much more. And we finally <laughs> get to talk about the so much more because uh, Zoya is a, is a POV chapter or POV character in this book. And we learned so much about her and it turns out she's like, you know, she still did, did obviously she still did some pretty crappy things in the past, but as True. things go, like she's a, she's still kind of a teenager and we can forgive most of those things because she's pretty awesome. Look, she's a queen and we love Yeah, I think one of the best things about Zoya's POV is that, so, like, she's about, like, 19 in the main, 18 or 19 in the main series, and she is, like, you know, young, mid-20s now, so, like, 22, 23, somewhere around there, presumably, and I think one of the best things is that there's, like, specifically a section that I actually just, like, caught up on rereading today, like, I want to say it's her last POV before, like, the second like before at the end of it's her last POV in the first section. And there's a part where she just straight up is like, yeah, I was like super jealous of Alina and that made no sense. Uh, definitely did a lot, lot of cool things as a child. Uh, oops. We're, we're, we're trying to not do that. And I was like, Hey, look, look at you. It's just, I find Zoya's POV often just like injures me personally because it just comes as like a hundred percent a personal attack. Like leave Bardugo, how dare you do this to me? I feel victimized. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> sometimes the bullies need a little bit of comeuppance, I guess. Yo, it was just yeah, it's just really nice, and I just I really love Zoya's POV because it's also like really interesting to see her point of view after literally being in Alina's head for three books and being like, who is this bitch? And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. she's traumatized too. Fuck. Well, I mean, and, and and she doesn't she doesn't really seem a lot better when we hear about her from Nina's point of view either. Like, right. obviously, Nina really looks up to her and everything, but she looks up to her in that, ooh, scary, you know, scary big teacher person kind of way, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Zoya's too perfect for words kind of way. Um, you know, so it's it's really great to get inside of her head and see, you know, the things that she questions about, like, herself and everything. Yeah, this book, but but Zoya is also much older than Nina, too. So She's yeah, only, like, yeah, two yeah. or three years older than her, though. Like, three years. Oh, I, I got the impression it was more like five or six. 
Yeah, I, I think um so Nina in the Six of oh, yeah, Crows is like Alina's, 17. Yeah, because Alina's also younger than Zoya by a little bit as well. So yeah. I think it's like two years between like like two or three years between Zoya and Alina, and then another two or three years between Alina and Nina. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So I, I would I would say minimum four years difference, but possibly more like five. So I think Nina's like eighteen right now, and Zoya is like twenty two, possibly even twenty three. Like like Nami was. Yeah, and I so. think Nikolai it's not a huge difference, but honestly, like in the real world, seventeen, eighteen to twenty two well, yeah. or twenty three is a huge. big difference. So Although like, as, as the person in this group who has done that the most recently, my sister is twenty two, <laughs> and I'm twenty six, and she is miles miles away from me when I was 23 and she was 20 miles away when I was 20 and she was 17 miles away three years when you're when you're in like end of teens to mid 20s is enormous it's a lot, it's a lot. oh yeah um but yeah I by mean, the and, way I just confirmed that Nina is 18 and yes. uh, Zoya is 23 23 okay, okay. yeah we're and I think like, like 25 or 26 <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still a bebe, but uh, but I mean, and and also like I, I did read when I was looking up things to discuss today that wouldn't like spoil things and stuff. Uh, I did see uh, one person at least commenting. I think it was on it was on Reddit, but not the Grishaver subreddit. It was like a YA subreddit. Uh, where they were saying that they didn't like Nikolai's POV because like he wasn't as charming as they like saw him being and I was like well that's kind of what it like you're getting into his head now he can't yeah. always be like the way he I know, honestly, presented himself like, to Alina I love <laughs> well he movie. can't charm himself right I mean that's exactly exactly that you can't charm yourself but no like I literally I love Nikolai's POV so much because like you literally see like the inner workings of his like ADHD brain just like freaking out constantly mm -hmm. and just like like you can see like the mad scientist inventor part of him more yeah. than just like the hello i am a charming prince and then it's just him lost and chained to a bed and staring at a pretty girl going hi <laughs> I, I mean, like for God's sakes, he created like an entire like. Uh, I mean, he's got that that count or whatever the guy is, a duke or he's some sort of you know uh, upper echelon of of Ravkin society who's just like a he's he's acting sort of and also also sort of a wastrel, you know, and he's using this mm -hmm. like vast land and he's got it all shrouded in mist, like he's got his own like. <laughs> mad scientist laboratory with david and it's like can we just also like have like a david and nikolai side plot where like all we have like we, nobody's nobody's being like hurt and nikolai's not a monster ever again <laughs> and the two of them are just in their like secret ravkin science fortress <laughs> like, well, i just i just need them yeah. happily being mad scientists while genya and, yeah. and like zoya are just like what what's wrong with our men <laughs> also just can we can we talk about the best moment in this book which was david just being like hey don't 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 hurt my wife or i will stab you and i was like good boy, good, good boy. confirming once more that david is the best grisha verse character like do i love zoya yes do i identify with her on every level is she the best absolutely not david is <laughs> i think it was it had Ah, well, shoot, I don't know if it was this this part, if it was part one or part two, but there's there's a conversation. It, it doesn't matter because it's not spoiler, but there's a conversation between Genya and and David where you know she's Genya's basically like, oh, he doesn't compliment me enough, and he's like, oh, I've got your list of compliments that you wrote for me <laughs> on on this piece of paper in my pocket, and I was like, this is just, it's like so pure. Yeah. Just incredibly wholesome and good. Also, don't mind me as I just flip through the book to try to find this like very specific moment of David being like, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, with the boar hat again. <laughs> I will, it, it will never go away. It's never going to die. I mean, the timing with the new movie and everything. I still uh, haven't seen the new movie. I mean, you know, side, a little bit of a sidetrack, but like it's, it's, uh, it's, as obnoxious as the first one you know like it, it's it's one of those it, 
Yeah, it's, it, it's one of those things where it's like you're cringing the entire time, but you're also like, oh, no, like this actually happened. Like these people are real. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, I watched it and if I can watch it, I figure most people probably can because I hate <laughs> humor like that. I really do. Like super bad, I think was one of the worst movies ever made. So and I know everybody loves this. There's something about Mary. Same thing. Hate, hate, hate. But anyway, <laughs> Tara does not like super <laughs> awkward, awful humor like that. Um, so, uh, well, and then also, now that we've gushed about Nikolai and, and Zoya, um, we do have Nina back and her chapters are a little bit pressing, a little bit sad. Mm -hmm. a lot of, I, would a lot like of... To, I would like to um, clarify that her chapters are incredibly, really depressing and sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, and I'll I'll be fair though. Like the the um, the way Lee Bardugo writes Nina's grief is is pretty. It's pretty darn good, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it it's very. I think that that's why they're so depressing. Is is like wow, this is like pretty realistic. Now, I personally for me it's like oh come on she was like only with matthias like for very short periods of time but like nick nick and i had this conversation uh out, outside of like in a facebook chat when he was reading the book um and again i think this is something we can't i don't want to go too much into detail but it involves one of the people nina meets you know on her on her journey in, in fierda and like just uh the idea that like she's supposed to apparently mourn matthias for the rest of her life or something because she was in love with him for like a year and a half like i know that they had their whole like survival story on the ice and then he was in jail for a year and she didn't see him mm -hmm. and she put him there and then he got out and they spent most of the time hating each other so like and, and and I know that like I'm I'm not saying that she's wrong to grieve him by any means. I'm not saying that, but like to act like Matthias should be her end all and be all, or that she should even uh that she should even grieve him to the point of not, you know, moving on and doing other things with her life for more than like a few months to a year is kind of ridiculous, especially at that age. People I don't back. know if you I don't I don't agree with that. If so, if someone dies on you, it's a little different than if you just break up. Oh, for no, 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 for sure, for sure, and I'm, I, I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not at all saying like that that she hit, she shouldn't be grieving him or whatever. It's, it's, but also, um, it, it's, it's, it's again. I think the timing. But also, she shouldn't be celibate for the rest of her life. Right, right, and I think, and I think also when people complain about Nina's like how how short her grief period is, they're not understanding that not just the short amount of time she actually had in person with Matthias, like especially after he got out of jail or prison, mm -hmm. like after they rescued them, she wasn't even with him for at least like 50% of the time, you know, during, during all the heists and everything, like the most time they spent together was when she was recovering from Param on the boat. And she was like basically insensate. So, um, I mean, th this is not that long after the events of, uh, it's book. well. It's been. It was six. <coughs> Nina spent six months. Six months. Uh, in Ravka <laughs> at the little palace, and then sh after that, she's been in Fierda for I think two or three months. Right. So, so it's not it's, even it's a been, year. Yeah, it's been not quite a year. Um, you know, but again, like, it, I don't think it. I don't think it's like it's not cool to like yeah. rank on her grief was very deep, and it's not cool to, for people to be like, yeah, but it wasn't long enough. Also, everybody well, breathes differently too, and Nina yeah. is a very uh, what, what there was a there was a in part of her backstory in this part of the book. There was like a she was thinking back on the woman who ran the orphanage or wherever she lived, and when the um, when the Grisha came and discovered her powers and took her, the woman is you know she she says like don't uh, don't like don't like. She, she's she's Mary, I think is what they said. She says she's Mary. Like don't don't break her. So, I think it also yeah. makes sense that like Nina like slows down or rather like reemerges from her mourning when she does. Because on the one hand, like let's be super weird, Carrie lugging around your like dead boyfriend's body for a while. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that, that that's, that's I mean, a that, shit. That, that that's pro a problem, and 
Can we can we I, talk? I about don't know how it? she actually did that. I don't know the mechanics of um, dragging so basically around. Basically, it's I can't remember if it was like explicitly explained or this is just an elaborate headcanon of mine. But it was basically said that like Leone is using her fabricator powers to yeah. keep Matthias's body from rotting. Which yeah. is like imagine how that went. Like, hi, nice to meet you. We're going on this mission together. Could you please pervert preserve my I, dead boyfriend's body so I can bury him in a snowy, yeah. barren wasteland? Because when they first tree or something, when they first mentioned that she hadn't buried him yet, my initial thoughts were, "Oh, is she going to just keep him around as a weapon so that <laughs> no. she can animate him at will?" No, that would be that would be bad. That I would I would be <laughs> I would be a little bit like, I don't know, like it, it, what Nina does, like the the to this point, like the bodies that she utilized in Crooked Kingdom, it was either. Mis a mistake like she before she knew what her powers were or in the case of the bodies that she used at the end she was basically using the bodies of poor people who had been like ravaged by the city of ketterdam right. against the people who who you know were a part of of ruining their lives so yeah i i up until now i i feel like i don't unless somebody specifically tells you know which i could totally see zoya doing like yo yo Reanimate my corpse and scare some people after I die. <laughs> I don't think Nina's gonna do it without permission oh with somebody oh she God. cares about. New head cannon, Ghost Queen Zoya, in which Nina just like reanimates Zoya's corpse and like goes the to She's the corpse bride. <laughs> the corpse oh my gosh. Corpse bride Zoya. Oh no. Oh Lord. Her, here we are. Yeah, no, I um, I just ahead, like how Nina, Nina's like recovery is a lot of like her being like, you know what, I got to help these people. Yeah. And I like how, like, granted, I liked Nina's POV the least out of all this book. And it was kind of jarring for me because I really did enjoy Nina's POVs before. But another mm -hmm. thing is that like, I like reading happy things. So reading things that are like, you know, somebody actively mourning does not spark joy, no matter how well written. <laughs> you know, so like it was kind of sad to not enjoy Nina as much as I did, but like she's on the struggle bus, and I hope that like in the second book we can get more. Like, I don't need happy Nina back, but I need at least a Nina who would consider eating a waffle back. Because right now I think she's forgotten about waffles, and that's honestly a bit tragic. No, she mentioned. I don't know. Them. Waffles get mentioned. Yeah, they do. She's going to make them for someone in the. But book. I think I think that's in the second half. So I mean, that's a good point. That's a good but, point. But also, I I mean, since we're on Nina and we've been talking about like her grief and stuff, to just to I don't want to say get it out of the way, but like she does, she does reach a sort of like you know. Uh, apex with her grief uh in the first half here and she does finally let matthias go um and like i'll be honest like this is the sec only the second time i've read this book but i definitely had to stop and cry a lot uh you know when when she finally like buries him um and it was it was you know mostly like she realizes that she's hearing the voices of you know other dead people who actually need her and that the voice she's been hearing from Matthias is not, it was never him because he was actually at peace when he died. Um, and, and like, you know, I don't know, like, yeah. Yeah. So I was, that, that mm -hmm. was, that's, that's really hard to read. Um, like the only like good part of that whole like section was when his, Stinking! Does his does his wolf appear in the first half of this book? He does. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm I'm like ninety percent sure he does. So like his wolf appears and and yeah and and like that was like the only like good part of all of that for me. Like, yeah. yeah um, for reference, first so half it, so ends with um, Nina starting to teach Hana um, like about her Grisha powers and training her. And with Zoya and Nikolai in like going into the shadow fold with the crew right. and psychotic Yuri and looking at like the obelisk thingy and then something appearing and being like, the fuck is that? And they're like, a trap. It's a trap. Yep. That. 
That's all. <laughs> it's a trap. trap. <laughs> <laughs> like how we all just have to say it. You can't not. You can't hear the words. It's a trap, and not try to quote. No. Like not it try is, to like. <laughs> it is legally quote Admiral Akbar. Yeah, it's not even quoting. It's and it's not mocking. It's it's. Uh, I don't even know. Imitating. Yeah, imitating, imitating, imitating is probably the best word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, other like, like the Nina chapters in the first half of this book are real rough. And like you said, Nami, it's like, that's sad for me because like, I love Nina so much. Yeah. It's just one of those things that it's, it's really difficult to see people mourn in real life you know, obviously, and it's difficult to see a character that you care about a lot more, and especially when it's, like, a character that you kind of come to, like, think of, like, oh, like, they could be my friend, or they're kind of like me, and I think for a lot of people, Nina is really that character, and so seeing her mourn so heavily, and seeing such a happy character mourn so heavily is just it's sad, man. Yeah. Me, insightful, ends with, it's sad, man. Your insights are impeccable as always. So well, I, I have a question. On, I have a question on the wolf finding Nina and Matthias. And do we think the wolf has psychic connections to Matthias? Or I mean, it there? might just be smell. Well, also, across I, I the country, like, though the entire country. I don't know Maybe. if it's. I don't know if it's psychic. I I I I think it's um. I think it's more of like it's it, it's it's more of just a it's another like little magic thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Cool. Especially especially with and I'm not saying that all Grisha the Juskelas uh well Juskela wolves, but but it's it I don't think it's all the Juskela wolves that would that would be able to, you know, do this. Um, but remember that um oh my god, what is his name again? I'm so bad at his the dogs the wolf's name. Trestle. Trestle, Trestle, yeah. Um, I don't know why I cannot for the life of me remember that. Um, I, I think, like, we have to remember that when Matthias, like, took him in, he was already, like, mostly grown. You know what I mean? And I think that it made, and it was like nobody else wanted him, and he was this angry little wolf. And, and you know, I think that that, that changed. Well, and also, normally, when they let the wolves, when they when they released the wolves, the person they who 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 was their partner has actually died, and Matthias didn't. So that could have, I'm sure that, I, I mean, if there's, if there's any sort of, if, if Lee would ever explain it, I would guess that it has something to do with the way, like the, the age of the wolf when they bonded mm -hmm. and how they bonded. And, and also the fact that, um, that Tristel or that, that Matthias was not actually dead when they released Tristel into the wild and like he could sense it. You know, Truthfully, like this was like one of those things that I was very willing to accept that the answer was magic or that the answer was just something. I am literally willing to accept. I don't care. I honestly don't care. I think like it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a puppy coming home to his master and it's yeah. like sad and oh. lovely at the same time. And you will never convince me that there is any reason that it didn't happen. Okay, like, <laughs> for me was that like I very yeah. much read it as sort of like a like. You know, obviously we don't know if this is one of those like magic worlds where gods are actual magical beings that exist that have just been, you know, worshipped by people or something crazy. Or if like gods actually manifest this world or anything like that. But I sort of just like saw it as sort of like a poetic magical gel like influence and just like letting them reunite. Like, Honestly, I was straight up just like let Nina cuddle a puppy. Like like just like like she needs it, man. Like I I know I'm I I know this probably sounds really weird for me, especially cuz I'm the person that's like explained every intricacy to me regarding the creature power mechanics <laughs> and exactly how it works in every single capacity. I need minuscule details. And like for me to just be here and be like, yeah, puppy magic, y'all. But like Yeah, exactly. When it comes to puppies, we need no explanation. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm like, I don't need, I don't need logic. I just like this is sweet and good, and I'm willing to believe in like weird fantasy Norse god for this. 
Oh my god! I, I'm sorry. Yeah, when it comes, like I is, said, when it comes to puppies, is there actually a tree? That's, no that's, a, that's an important question. Is there not a tree? Because I kind of got there the impression that the Virgin God was a tree at some point, and I don't know if this is just me like grossly misinterpreting things or like not reading Matthias's sections carefully enough. Well, I th- but like, I think it's a, I think it's supposed to be like the Yadrazel. Yeah, yeah. Is it, how do you, how do you pronounce that? I think it's Yad but I'm not. Okay, I always pronounce. I, I, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, well, it's like the Game of Thrones names. Will we ever know how they're actually supposed to be pronounced? Because I always pronounced it uh, Idrisil, but yeah, the, I always said Idrisil. But yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. I think it's like a like a tree of life sort of situation. Yeah. The god, the god him him itself is not actually a tree, um, but that is like the symbol, and it, the tree springs from, you know, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. Also, like literally anybody who wants to come at me for like Indian and Asian names being difficult to pronounce, like, have y'all not looked at Norse names and like Italian names and like Listen, I've... literally majority of Europe like, down? Oh God! Uh, yeah, Hun- Hungarian, Hungarian language. Like, if you, if you have never. If you have never been yelled at over a loudspeaker on a Cold War era Hungarian subway, then you don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> uh, that's actually, how, I mean, when I say yelled at, it wasn't me personally, but like when you get on their subways, which are, again, most of them are still Cold War era, it's the speakers are very loud and sharp and crackly. And their language is like mostly consonants. And it is. It's it's barely understandable, like when a, someone is speaking very clearly at you, but when you're getting on one of those subways and they're yelling at you, like, ah, rah, rah, rah. No, thank yeah, you. Any, any mostly consonant European language just drives me drives me insane. And like, as somebody who has like grown up speaking Asian languages, I'm like, give us regular vowels. Like, come on. Like, how how dare you come at me like this? Are you fluent <laughs> yeah. in Hindi? Uh, no, I'm fluent in Canada, so um, South Asian, or South Indian language, but um, I can understand Hindi, and my mom speaks it, so still better, still better than. I mean, that's better. That's better than the minimal amount of French and German that I can understand, yeah. really or the minimal amount of English I speak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've been fooling us all, so you're doing <laughs> great. <laughs> Um, well, so, uh, other, other than, do we, do we, anything else that we like wanted to talk about in, in talk specific about how... to Nina or like Nina well, specifically? Cause I also want to well, talk about side characters that were introduced to you through her, but I, I, I wanted mean, a to little... do a bit of a jump actually, cause I just had a thought and it's like hilariously cursed in my normal manner. And the thought was basically, I'm so glad that Zoya and Nikolai are like starting to become a pair in this because pretty much it's like they both pined after the same girl, Kofalina, Kof, and now they're like, well, I guess we'll marry each other. And <laughs> well, if we can't have Alina, we might as well marry each other. And like, <laughs> let's be clear, I know that's not what actually is happening, but like, yeah, but we don't want a Ted and Robin relationship here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> bad! I remember like the final season of How I Met Your Mother coming on, and it was basically me sitting <laughs> in my apartment with my friends, and like I want to say either junior or senior year of college, and sc- no, it was sophomore year of college, screaming no, no, just. So now everyone who listens knows how we feel about the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Well, not necessarily. I just, if it's going to happen, it can't drag on for 20 years. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell your children a story for like 17 years and ask, <laughs> them, ask them if you could sleep with their aunt. <laughs> if I was Awkward. those kids, like in the middle of the season, I'd be like, dad, we know you're, you love Aunt, Aunt Robin. Aunt Robin, just like just, like, just go fuck, go like, date her. Yeah, like, get it, get it out of your system. I need this to be over. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, yeah, no. I I like I like Zoelina. I I like wow Zoelai a lot. But um, yeah, no. I'm gonna um since that was definitely me being uh the 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 swerve just running around like a headless chicken into the middle of nowhere. 
I want to return to the other pairing in this book, which is Adric and Leone. And I just, I love them so much. And I'm so glad that they come back as characters because like Leone is that little Grisha girl that Jesper's mom saves. Right. Like in Jesper's backstory. And then Adric is the boy in um, like, in the first trilogy who is like way too young to be fighting, but he's like, I'm going to stay and fight with my sister. And his sister is like, my brother's staying with me. And all he does like, if he fucking dies, it's on you. And then Adrian goes <laughs> and gets his arm chopped off like, like a responsible teenager. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I picked up that. I thought that's what they were getting at as far as that was uh Jesper's mother who saved her, but I don't think Nina picked up on it. Oh, I don't think Nina has. I don't idea. think it's actually revealed until the second half of the book either. I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't know but, if it's revealed at all, honestly. But I just, I just. Well, it's I, it's that. very it, it's the it's it's the story. It's it's yeah. It's okay. not specifically mm -hmm. said because she doesn't know. Leone doesn't know the name. She just says that the um, what do they call Grisha in Novizem? Uh, oh my god! Oh my gosh, I can't remember the word for uh, it. Zoya. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what they call Zoa. them. She says that Zoa. Zawa. Is it Zoa or Zawa? Zawa. Zawa. The Zawa healer. Z-O-W-A. And, and she specifically says that the healer died saving her and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's kind of. It's one of those things that, like, you kind of pick it up because I think Colm either, like, I think Colm, like, mentions her name, like, the name Leone. Like, I know her mm. name was mentioned in regards to this is the girl that Jesper's mom saved. And I think Colm says something about Leone going off to school or Jesper says something about Leone coming and being like, hey, I'm going to school in Ravka or something like that. But I also think the other thing is that, like, Nina would have no idea that Leone is specifically connected to Jesper because I don't think Jesper ever actually shares this information with the rest of the crows. Um, correct me if I'm wrong with that, but I don't think... Like, I, I don't think he ever talks about that with them. And it's more just like, let me angst in my corner about my mom while my dad also angst is with me, but we're five feet apart because we don't talk right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really nice. Well, I guess in, in one way it's a little bit maddening because it's like it, it, Lee does very much keep her circles close in these books. You know what I mean? Like it's like the Grisha, mm -hmm. the Grisha that come to Ketterdam and Crooked Kingdom are Zoya, Genya, Nick or well, are Zoya and Genya and then Nikolai is as the king somehow. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 then uh in this book the Grisha that Nina is with are Adric, who we already knew, and Leone, who seems new, but then turns out is also connected. Um and and I know that in a way the the world the Grisha world like their specific world is not that large particularly after everything that happened with the darkling um but yeah it's 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 like sometimes things are just a little bit too connected uh mm -hmm. but it's still nice to it was nice it, it was good to see like Adric again I mean and to be honest yeah. it is easier for them to bring him back than it is to than to introduce an entirely new character who we're just supposed to give a crap about. You know what I mean? Because they do play a pretty big part in Nina's story in this book. Well, it also makes sense that like somebody like Adric is continues to be a main character just because if you think about it logically, the Grisha that would stay close and would like proceed to have power and retain power in Nikolai's current rule in the last five years would be those that he fought with and those that were loyal to him during the actual war. Right, so like yeah. having that like continued loyalty and having those Grisha remain as main characters just like not only makes narrative sense yeah. and like also makes, you know, fan service sense, but it also makes logical, like ruling a real kingdom and sense. having people. Rest. Yeah. Real world sense. Thank you, Jonathan. I, I decided to go straight to ruling a kingdom versus real world. Obviously <laughs> I have, you know, great ruling kingdom um, experience. Um, meet my subjects. This is, this is a little, uh, this is one of my subjects. Here is another one. Did you one. get that at Ice and Fire Con? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I knew you got the hedgehog at Ice and Fire Con. <laughs> and, then, and then here's my other subject. They're all very good. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a generous and benevolent queen, and I alternate <laughs> who I hug 
to sleep every night so nobody's feelings get hurt. What was I talking about? You know, that's funny too. Unfortunately, mine are real things. Like it's either it's either my dog Socko, my dog Ellie, or my cat Marmalade. But yes, they do tend to uh <laughs> to, to to rotate yes i know um my dog is right here. oh man where was i oh yeah but yeah no i think one of the coolest thing about having adric back though is that we meet adric as a child and as he is like very much like out of his debt depth in a war that is being decided by still teenagers but like once again there's that like two to three year gap in teenagerness which like means that these people are like practically like grown-ups in his eyes and like seeing him now not only in a position of authority but he's like literally he's like the leader of this mission and like that's like really interesting but to that, see. I, I mean it's probably but that's not that unusual either because i mean in wartime soldiers tend to be young so it's not oh no no, no. not like commenting on the being young thing but just like he was the youngest of the group in the first books you know like he was right. clearly like subordinate. 12 13 and now he's like 18. yeah and he was he was like clearly the subordinate and he was also the one who was like clearly treated as a child despite all of them being young and like he was the one that was very much like you should be sent with the kids to be safe with the kids so he was mm -hmm. solidly an actual kid by the terms of, like set out by this universe. And so it's like seeing him like a proper grown up and like doing grown up things and like actually in charge of everyone versus like scrawny, gangly, one-armed child who lost his arm and like, I don't, how did he lose his arm again? It was some sort of fighting thing. I feel like it I was, it was- um, Didn't the it building was collapse on him? No, 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 no. It was, um, it was in the, uh, the very beginning of, uh, Ruin and uh, Ruin and Rising, Rise and the Ruin. last book. Yeah, it was. It was like right after they uh, left the the caverns and they got attacked by a bunch of Oprichniki, Maybe it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It, I don't know. It was yeah. There was it was something. It was something to do with with the a flying ship that they were on, I believe. But it's been how is it like? How have I forgotten this already? I guess I just don't care that much about Adric. Sorry, Adric. Sorry, Adric. <laughs> More. Excuse me for a second, guys. My phone's buzzing, and it's my mother's helper, so I need to just okay. take, take an aging no parent call. No problem, yes. of course, of course. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I like, and and again, like, I I really liked I liked Adric in the original books. I thought he was he's a really brave little annoying but brave little kid. Um, but I mean, yeah, he uh, it's it's nice to see him. In the in this book, uh, having a relationship with somebody who's actually, or, I mean, I mean, I guess it's not really a relationship yet, but like having like a romantic like mm -hmm. involvement sort of thing starting to happen with somebody who's actually interested in him, rather than him gushing about Zoya all the time. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> poor child, and I mean, like, I get it too because like the number of crushes I've had on like women in teacher sort of positions who would also absolutely crush me is like <laughs> very very big but also like sweetie no well she was so much older than him too i know she's like, I like how much you can relate to so many characters Nani. it's the problem is that i have based a lot of my personality on fantasy books and as you grow up you realize that all of those tropes just continue and then also you just realize you're a disaster bisexual and like that's, that's pretty much it <laughs> it's just me <laughs> <a disaster. laughs> oh lord that's a whole mood yeah my best it's very gay yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't identify as bisexual specifically. Um, I did for a long time, and then I felt more akin to the pansexual vibe for a lot of reasons. So I, I identify as pansexual, but yeah, a disaster nonetheless. So I feel you there. <laughs> sometimes, That's sometimes you gotta fry some eggs. <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, um, sometimes bread because it means bread. I'm so. But funny. I mean. The other, the and and since we're talking about uh, kind of you know side characters that we now these are more side. Well, Adric is the side character we learn more about. Leone is technically being really introduced to us for the first time, um, but then we have Yuri. 
Also, wait, wait, hold on, pause real quick. How is how is the apparat still a thing? Like, can we just Ugh. like rush Limbaugh him? I really love that. Who died today? Exactly. Thank you. He is like Yay. the rush Limbaugh of the Grishaverse right now, and I want him to go away. Party it's time. Just, rush Limbaugh. I would like the apparat to stop hearing like a ghost and just being like, "Hey, bitches, it me," and everybody's like. Stop like greasy and creepy and awful and existing like like honestly like how is he still a thing? Eh. Please stop trying to make the opera a thing, y'all. <laughs> Are we comparing Please the Darkers to, to Rush Limbaugh now? I I was comparing op- the opera to Rush Limbaugh. Oh, uh, the opera. To mostly, Rush Limbaugh, not mostly the Darkling the, the dark is more like Trump just... or Hitler. Yeah, mostly because the opera is like he's just kind of there, like like preaching his preaching his bullshit. Okay, right, like loudly and obnoxiously and causing trouble, and like we just want him to go away. Like, how are you? St- I mean, honestly, how is Rush Limbaugh still a thing in the last like ten years? Ugh. Yeah, and anyway, I would say that I would say the Darkling is more Hitler in my mind because like the Darkling's actually intelligent. Oh. Versus the, um, versus the Trumpers. I, I thought of the Darkling more as Putin myself than Hitler, but that's Ooh, okay. that is true. Right there. Yeah, I, I, I right very Putin-y vibes. Guys, guys, if Putin ever does some dark magic and rips a hole in Russia. <laughs> I feel like, well, I feel like the thing about the Darkling <laughs> is like he was obviously like an, a, 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 an evil character. He's, he's obviously not a good person. You know what I mean? He's done he did so many awful things, but at the same time, like he wasn't doing them just for power. He, he did have, there was a part of him that wanted, that wanted the Grisha to be recognized for what they were. And, and it it was, it wasn't, um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's really hard to place him as like evil world ruler, like as any evil world ruler specifically, uh, because he there there he does have a little bit of depth to him um but since we're talking about the darkling who is you know dead technically uh we might as well talk about yuri well i was gonna say the darkling is is magneto Mm -hmm. yes but once again protect protect your own sure sure but when we start talking about yuri like the first thing that comes to mind for me are neo-Nazis. It, yes. It's just such a, an easy parallel to make. For Yuri, what also comes up with me is like straight up Kylo Ren. Yeah. The Kylo Ren vibes. Also oh yeah, the the yes, yes, where he's like worshiping Darth Vader's helmet. Uh, <laughs> Darth Vader had a redemption moment. And, yes. Uh, Truth. We're not trying to redeem any of the people that. Uh, it's just I it's think so, the Darklings followers are modeled after. Like I hate Yuri so much because he literally represents everything shitty about the world recently. And I'm just like yep. I will say uh, that on the on the on the Yuri Kylo Ren thing, um I wrote an article for the Geek Yuri uh God, I don't remember exactly when, but I will never forget the title because it's very proud of it. And it was Kylo <laughs> Ren goes beyond emo, saves ashes of fallen enemies. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's kind of like what Yuri's got going on in his life. Like he's like just he's just dredging. But yeah, he he's well. Nick and I, I think it was Nick and I had this conversation because he was a little mm-hmm. bit farther ahead of Jonathan in the reading, and and um, Nami, I think, was just busy in general. And I I literally said like his his like creepy ass devotion to the Darkling is so like 2016 to present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like I think the thing that's like the most real, the, the one of the reasons like besides my like incredible identification with Zoya. I think one of the other reasons that Zoya's POV is so like, like hashtag relatable in this book is because of her like unbridled rage at everything that Yuri is doing. 
Because, like, granted, Nikolai's also upset about it, but at least he's, like, but he's able to, like, compartmentalize and calculate and be like, I can still use this. We can make something out of this. Whereas Zoya is just, like, angry and, like, there's, like... Well, he was never personally used by the dark. But that's the other thing. Like, and I think, like, that's why Zoya is so much more like easy to identify with especially as a woman especially because like at one point she explicitly goes off and she's like who's going to defend the people he hate and she specifically lists like all the women that she knew or that she was close to so alina genya um her aunt who was killed when he expanded the shadow fold and hit that other town and bagra and like she basically lists like boiler there by the way that happened we found that out later Oh, no, no. She talks about Liliana in the first half. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Is it? We, okay. we, yeah. Yes, we, we do. Well, we don't know it's her aunt. I'll give you that. Ooh. But um, yeah, she, we, we, do, we do know that she lost somebody close to her in uh, when, when the Darkling took over. Um, what the fuck was the town's name? Novobrisk? Novobrisk? No, Novo, Novo Krabirsk. Novo Krabirsk. But what yeah, it's just it's one of those things that it's like like seeing her rage and like specifically when they like go to that place and she's like ready to like stab all of his like new like saint followers because she's like, what about the people he hurt? And they're like, oh, but it was gossip. And she was like, okay, exactly. And I'm like, oh, I'm hashtag literally right now. I can't deal with it. Uh, I think that's what Yuri- it is. I've been so slow. Yuri is like Yuri is the is the is the is the Trump supporters like being fooled by QAnon theories right now. Oh God, that's what it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Oh. I think like so. Like full disclosure, I actually have not read the second half of the book yet. Like I know like the big reveal at the end, but I have only read the first half, and it has only been my first time reading this. Like, oh, I thought you'd read it already. I thought you were. Uh, I you and I were up spoilers up. for myself because I'm a gremlin person, but I never actually finished it because, like, I just didn't have time. And also, whenever I picked it up, I just was filled with unbridled rage at Yuri, and like physically could not function and had to put it down. Well, that I mean, a reasonable and, reaction. And to be fair, like even to be fair, even in the first half fair. of the book, like without fair. without knowing anything that happens in the second half, like this this book uh it does not speed by like it's not as quick and easy it, I, I would call the first trilogy like more of a quick and easy read and then i would call the six of crows duology that like those are the books you can't put down because you absolutely have to know what happens next you know because everything is happening so oh, fast I, I, I felt the, that way about this book did you i, I didn't yeah, i flew through this but like uh yeah, Don't my dog had just been diagnosed with can yeah, I know we've already talked about the dog situation. So like my dog had literally just been diagnosed with like cancer and they told me she had like maybe two to three months to live. So like I was very much like, oh I, yeah, I, I read, it took I, me like I, two I months to, to read this book. I, I read to like three in the morning, like three straight nights. Oh wow. Dang. I yeah, I think for me, like I just Nina's grief was really a lot to deal with and when I this see, book actually yeah. came out i had i want to say like when i actually started reading this book i had recently lost somebody in the family so i was also like kind of in like a not very ready to read about a character explicitly dealing with grief in a very very terrible hauling around a corpse sort of way so <laughs> needless to say it was not a quick read for me and i literally only managed to finish it because i had like three chapters left in the first half which is why pretty much all of my insight is coming from that last zoya chapter in the first half <laughs> the only thing I <laughs> but i mean like would i mean honestly were any of us not just kind of like oh my god about yuri like what is like what like what we, no, we should all just stab yuri it's the like, worst. And like how they're always describing like how his eyes get watery. Or Lee Bardugo, I don't want to say they all like well, the, all the characters are like always describing yeah. how his eyes get all watery when he talks about uh when he talks about the darling and uh, what do they call him? The star sun starless starless, yeah, the starless saint. saint. And I'm just like, oh Ew, no. Yuri. Ew, Yuri. <laughs> I find it so <laughs> hateful and like frustratingly 
predictable and fitting that of course the Darkling is a fucking saint now because of fucking chorus. Like people suck. Ugh. Well, Can't he's not things. like in terms of like. Yeah, uh, they're just like, they want him yeah, to that, that be well. Urian. Like, yeah, that people even would yeah, entertain the idea. Like. I it. mean, and then if you got the opera, who's just he's just mad because like he doesn't. He, he's not mad because he hated the darkling all that much or anything. He's just mad because like it's something he can't control. You know right. what I mean? Like that's the only reason he's mad. It's sort of like the Republican Party creating this and then being pissed off that they can't control it. Ha! That's a great comparison. Go me. Wow. I'm very proud of myself for that. Thank the you. The opera is Mitch oh, McConnell. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Oh my God, he's got that face of death, and you're just like, oh my God, how are you still alive? Oh my God, from now on, I have removed the apparat's chin. The apparat no longer has a chin. His face <laughs> McConnell, Jeez. please proceed. The apparat doesn't have a chin. So, for real, so, that's exciting. So, so is Holly Yuri then? Who is who? What? I'm sorry. Is Josh Holly Yuri then? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Like signs point to yes. He doesn't have a beard, so he can't be Ted Cruz. No, he's also too young. I mean, we're looking for yeah. somebody who is just like weepy, starry eyed. Probably Madison Cawthorn would be the better. Oh God. Oh, yes. there's just so many of them. Who could yeah, we possibly? Here he is. Just oh, all the all. The we've just lost half voice. our audience, though. <laughs> you're, if, you're the, if half our audience is people who idolize those people then i'm happy to have them gone bye yeah. forever yeah like die in a fire i don't care yeah. about you yeah no i like straight up yuri is like all the greasy boys from my hometown who are just racist assholes and republican like this is this year that's Yuri. No offense to Republicans. You know, I would, I would actually, I, I actually don't, I actually don't necessarily side with Trump. I actually don't necessarily agree with that. I think that Yuri is the people who could have been better, but got sucked into something at because, like, the thing is, like, he idolizes the Grisha. He really does. Like, he idol. He's true. like, you know what I mean? Like he, he freaks he, out when he meets the uh, triumvirate for the first time. Yeah, he's like Kenya, like, oh and he's like, "Oh, you've been world. touched by the uh, by the yeah. starless one, or whatever." Like, so I, I, I yeah. it's, it's, he he's definitely a weird. Like, you can't really place him in that sense. But for real, though, like that's 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 what it is. Like the operat created this. He created this, mm -hmm. and now he's mad that he can't control it. Mm -hmm. And and like mm -hmm. that that's so on point like uh and, and, more. and so then the opera is going to acquit him but then he's going to go on a diatribe about how guilty <laughs> the darkling is i mean <laughs> oh god we're just gonna devolve like <laughs> parallels between well let, 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 let's and... let's move to a parallel between uh something more pleasant to me, the parallel between Zoya and uh, and uh, Cordelia Chase. Oh gosh! And the uh, she starts off as the queen bee and then evolves into a mature, capable leader. Yeah, I mean that's not. Are we going to have to discuss how terrible Joss Whedon is now? God, no, please. No, or, or how terrible he killed off Cordelia Chase. So hopefully that doesn't happen to Zoya in this series. But uh. okay, okay. Straight no, up. Lee Bardugo, Zoya. I'm pretty sure that if, if Lee Bardugo is straight, then I will eat my left foot. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? I, I mean, I, the way she write the uh, the way she writes about Zoya, like I feel like Lee Bardugo, this is like this is her. Like this is her dream woman, and I could I could be wrong about that, you know, and I would never ever ever ask her about you know that that's her own story to tell or not tell, whatever. But like for real, like so that's not the question as, you're gonna ask. I, I, I can't event. no. So I can't imagine like writing about a woman the way she writes about Zoya as a straight person, and maybe that's just because I'm not straight. But like 
I, I, the way she writes it, like, I don't know, man. Those are chaos thoughts. That's 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 my insight. I'm not, you know, and I, I again, I could be wrong. I certainly don't want to, you know, pigeonhole her or, uh, you know, assume anything. But like, yo. But if one day she shows up with a girlfriend who just is Zoya, like, we'll know. Or it was just like, like honestly, like it was. I mean, as as a girl who like didn't, you know, know what these feelings were and stuff like that when I was younger. Like I look back and I remember like the way I thought about other like girls I knew, like in in not not my friends. Like that's a different thing. But like the girls that you put on a pedestal, and and it's like I look back and I'm like, why did I put? Oh, that's why. <laughs> Whoops. I see it now. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's also gay. <laughs> I feel like we need to get rid of any terms that involve the ter that involve twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no more twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty vision. It's it's a twenty nineteen vision. <laughs> is the perfect yeah. vision. Yeah, twenty twenty yeah. is twenty twenty vision is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you have to switch it up. What were you going to say, Jonathan? Well, I'm sure there are some good things that happened in 2020 for people. <laughs> Not, yeah. I, I mean, it's been a bad year, but I, I just think of... Uh, maybe not in my lifetime, but I definitely know in my parents' lifetime there have been worse years, so... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, but it's also one of those things that, like, just because things have been worse doesn't mean they weren't also shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like, uh, I mean, well, Nina's got her own personal 2020 happening in this book right now. Um, but it's not going, I mean, at the end yep. of the first half, at you know, at the end of the first half, it's not going so well for anybody else either. You know, like, uh, I think, you know, Zoya and, and all them have just kind of been dis have just disappeared into oblivion and uh mm -hmm. and that's kind of all we know about them. Um but uh yeah, I mean and and we have to we have to gosh wait to talk about more Nikolai and Zoya. That sucks. <laughs> Zoya Zoyali? Zoyali? Is that what is that what the actual show yeah, is? I don't know if it's the actual one, but it's it's the better. It, it's the name. fandom one. It's okay. The one it is. That is I was I wasn't out. sure. I I put I put forth. It was. Is it like the only thing? I, the only two I could think of were Nikoya or Zoyali, and I was like, Nikoya sounds weird. No, I don't it, like it. Yeah, Zoyali sounds way better. It's Zoyali, and I also know this because I have specifically already written fan fiction for this pairing. Um, oh. It is a uh, fake pretend marriage AU. Um, I, I believe oh my, my exact summary for it was bros get married to protect each other from gold diggers. Bros fall in love. What happens next will shock you. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be so on the next Oprah, right? Oh, ah! for sure. Would it be Oprah or would it be... I feel like that might be more like... I don't know. Would that be Oprah? <laughs> I feel like Oprah wasn't a what happens next will shock you sort of talk show host at the end at least. It's it's yeah. basically ten thousand. Depends words on which of version of Oprah that's been. True. It, it, it's um, ten thousand words of pining, misunderstandings, Genya or um, David being an icon, and eventually their friends being like, just kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so at the end of this first half like they've kind of disappeared into the ether and but we do also have Nina who um has realized that uh you know she's hearing something important with these voices mm -hmm. uh you know once she lets go of Matthias she realizes that oh shoot like these voices are asking me to help them and they're they want justice and and so she's going off to discover her own creepy things uh like i mean i think i think at the end of this first half we for sure know that she has discovered that they the voices are coming from dead women and and 
is it women and girls or women and chil children? Um, it, yeah, it, women it's, and it's, children. Yeah. So it's and it's very much like something bad's going on at the factory. Like not surprisingly, because like yeah. we knew the water was poisoned and shit. So mm -hmm. um, also, so, I yeah. I just opened my book and I found a page that I had marked because it's just Zoya pining kind of after Alina. Oh, not actually. It's just me reading gay into it. But specifically, Zoya, <laughs> it, it, the quote is, Zoya was surprised to find she liked seeing Alina's name on churches, liked hearing it spoken in prayers. Rafka had given too much of its love to men like the Darkling, the Apparat, even the Lannistop kings. They owed a little of it to an orphan girl with no dress sense. I love how, like, Zoya is simultaneously being super feminist, but also just being like, Alina, your clothes suck. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, Get your shit together. What, what is that? What is a backwards compliment? It's a backwards compliment. Backhanded. Backhanded, no, backhanded. Sorry, I mean, honestly, you. let's be real. That was a whole compliment. And then at the end, she was just like, oh, shit, insult, insult. We have to find an insult. <laughs> that is Zoya for you. <laughs> God, I love her. But, well, I, I mean, I think that this mm. has been, a, like, a really good discussion um, of the first half of the book. And, like, we've been really good about not, like, major spoilers for the second half. So anything you guys mm -hmm. want to say before I close out um, other than, like, yay, uh, Zoyali, and I want them to have many relations. I'm not going to say babies because that's their choice or not. So Yeah, yeah they can <laughs> make that call. I, I did have like one kind of ending thought, which was like, I remember a lot of people being mad about this book when it originally came out because they were like, oh, it's the Nikolai duology, but like, it's not about Nikolai. And I'm like, no, like it is about Nikolai. Like he clearly has a POV. It's like clearly all of his schemes coming together. Like people just be mad. He's not charming in his head. And like, get is anybody mm -hmm. like... I'm, like, I'm sure I, I, I've been told I am super charming, like one-on-one, -on -one, in person, whatever. But like in my head, ain't nobody want to listen to this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's one of those things that I think I think people are just disappointed that Nikolai isn't suave in his own POV. And I'm like, well, I'm mean, like, like, did you like, did you really expect him to be? Because this whole thing is like, he's like, hey, Alina, like the reason so, Rose is because I'm not really like this. So what we got was like, Nikolai, like we got like Instagram, like TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> Nikolai, Nikolai yeah. in the first, you know, however many books. And now we're getting Facebook Nikolai where he's like, <laughs> Nikolai is depressed. <laughs> Nikolai he's is like sad. Nikolai is big. <laughs> I would, I would argue that perhaps we're actually truly getting like Nikolai's secret Twitter account where he just. Oh my God. It's his, no, shut up. It's his live journal. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. It's his it's his secret yes. tumbler. Even better, it's his yes. secret tumbler. Yes. Yes. <laughs> as, as long god. as it's not a secret, my fans. Only fans. Only fans. Listen, only fans, I feel like I feel right. like these only are fans. there's well, they are adults now. They can do whatever well, they want. Oh, listen, that's very real. Would pay a lot of money for Nikolai's only fans. I would pay money for Nikolai's only fans. <laughs> Let's also be really real. His secret OnlyFans would be suave as fuck. Like, yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. The, it would, it would be the, it would be the, like, it would be Instagram, but sexier. That's what OnlyFans yeah. essentially is. But yeah, no, like we've, we've been getting public persona, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, mm -hmm. maybe Nikolai. But like, now we get like Facebook Nikolai where he's just like, like you said, like vague booking, share. Mm -hmm. He's sharing word porn posts left and right. <laughs> this is Nikolai's abandoned his, yeah. he's, he's like sitting there at his computer, like, what should my relationship status be? Like, can it be single or should I put it's complicated? <laughs> Wait, no, no, Tara, Tara. This is Nikolai's MySpace account, and he's debating what music to make his background. Oh, yeah. oh no. But who's in his top eight? <laughs> uh, I mean, Zoya. David, Genya, Zoya, <laughs> Alina. Oh, Real no, wait. Enough. Alina's dead. <laughs> so, it's not Alina. It's, he just put Yuri it's, in his top eight to trick him. 
orphan mom. He's got the opera in there because like, the opera yeah, so is like that sh that shit fake friend that like you have to have in your top eight, or they're gonna tell everybody your secrets. You know. <laughs> Oh no! Also, also he's got so these like two like, really flashbacks. We gotta cut this off. <laughs> yeah. He's got. He, but don't forget, guys. Also, in his top eight are just two really quiet blogs that are the two really quiet MySpaces that are owned by, and I quote, "Orphanage Mom" and "Orphanage Dad." Mm. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> They've got yeah, whatever their fake names are now. <laughs> what are their fake names? I don't know. I, I can't. Well, I can't help but think they're going to make a comeback sometime. Oh, I, I, you're probably, probably. right. They like. But we'll talk. We'll talk about that in two weeks. Also, yeah. So, so, so before, I, real quick, before I close this out, um, in two weeks, which is March third, we're going to be covering the second half of King of Scars. Um, we've put like our our stuff out on social media about the rest of our coverage for the Grishaverse, but uh, we've got. Second half of King of Scars on Wednesday, March 3rd. On Wednesday, March 17th, which I just realized today is St. Patrick's Day. We're covering, <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize it was St. I realized we were covering Lives of the Saints on St. Patrick's Day. So I feel like I'm going to, I need to come up with something really crazy and fun for that. I will absolutely be wearing all green. It is St. Patrick's Day after all. Um, and then uh, at the end of the month, we we're going to, I was going to do a random kind of breakaway episode for a book called Steel Crow Saga. But... We are all going to be part of the virtual uh, release party for Rule of Wolves uh, that's happening on March 30th, which is a Tuesday. Um, and that's with Libar. It's a virtual thing with Libar Dugo. Um, I, Romans. Romans is the bookstore. It's out of Pasadena, California. Uh, so if you, if it's on Eventbrite, I, I, I'll, I'll try to remember to put the link in the uh, description for this video. But uh, if you just Google Romans Bookstore Lee Bardugo or Romans Bookstore Rule of Wolves Eventbrite, something like that, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, it's, it's actually a very affordable like event considering you get a copy of the book plus a couple special Grishaverse like items as well. Uh, so we will be meeting on Wednesday, March 31st to talk about that. And then in April, we've got all new content stuff. Uh, but also I have been, I have already started our next series. Ooh. So I will say just uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting and not in a bad way. It starts off a little slow, <laughs> but uh, as you can see, I've been reading it for like two days and I'm already halfway through and considering the, very is that Her off. Majesty's Dragon? You're on? Yeah, 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 it's Her Majesty's Dragon, the, the Temeraire book one. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's a very easy, quick read. Uh, so I'm, I'm, and also if you if you like history at all, I think y'all are really gonna love it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll be back in two weeks to finish up King of Scars. And uh, on that note, once again. I'm Tara, along with Nick, Jonathan, and Nami. Thank you again for joining us for Sagas and Sass. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.